Boss! 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 Welcome in to an early morning edition of At The Buzz, or early for some, probably late morning for others. Um, I am one of your co-hosts, Jack Barsh, from the Ralphie Report. Over there is your other co-host, Sam. Say hi, Sam. Dylan. Hi. And the reason we're recording so early is we have someone from a newsroom who's, who's used to those deadlines and getting up in the morning. We have Jack from the CUI uh, sports section. He's a sports editor. Well, Hello. Yeah. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, not not too early for me, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited to talk some buffs and yeah, see where see where it takes us. Well, yeah, we're excited to have uh, people who actually know what they're talking about. On that's <laughs> it's gonna be a nice change of pace. <laughs> Don't say Are you talking about me. Uh, look, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying at least one <laughs> of two co-hosts likes college basketball now, so uh, that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have him here today. We're going to talk about the the buffs near the end of the season. They have three regular season games left. Just talk about some basketball overarching themes and preview some some of the big games coming up. And then also exciting for me is, um, I don't know, it's a one-year anniversary of Carl Durrell's hire. And there was a nice article that just came out about how that happened, how that ended up going down. Um, so I think I want to get Jack's thoughts also on the first year as a, as a current student, who's more plugged in than every other student um, about what he thinks moving forward. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be a fun show. Sam, do you have anything off the top? From Carl Durrell? Uh, yeah. I guess if you got a message from Carl, yeah. <laughs> Did they DM you about anything? Mm, no, 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 no. I don't have anything going on. Okay. I'm just, I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I guess let's get right into it. I think we want to start with uh, basketball real quick. Sam, did you end up watching either of those Oregon games? On the yeah, road? I watched. I watched both. Okay, and Jack, did you um, watch both of those Oregon games? Yes, uh, a little less focus in the Oregon State game, um, but mm. yeah, I mean, I was pleased with how they played. Uh, I know turnovers were a big issue in both games, but. Um, you know, I mean, it's hard to win at Oregon. So, like, I wasn't too disappointed in that loss. And, you know, they took care of business at Oregon State. So, you know, I mean, splitting an Oregon trip isn't bad. I, I'm, I'm glad that you're more understanding of the team because I was miserable watching both of those games. I was <laughs> the fucking turnovers, like the Oregon game. We, we lost that game with 10 minutes left to play because... Yeah. Yeah, you were down during that game. I was a little down because I, they, they were playing really well. Oregon was not playing well, and oh my god! Like you don't even have to hit shots in that game to win. You literally just don't commit like ten live ball turnovers. Yeah, and like that's the game is just turn points off turnovers immediately, fast breaks because they Oregon wasn't hitting anything. Their offense was like just stone cold. They mm-hmm. we were out rebounding mm-hmm. them. We were getting to the foul line. We were it was just such a perfect recipe for a road A tier win. And you, you, they, they just couldn't handle the press. And we thought they'd be able to handle the press a little bit better because they've seen it already, but they couldn't handle it. And I'm frustrated. 
Yeah, it was just extra hard too because they were up like five, I think, at halftime. And um, yeah, they're obviously in like a good position to win, but kind of just choked down the stretch. Um, I watched the Oregon USC game on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, after watching like Oregon play horrible, um, mostly like the first like 10, 15 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it makes it seem like that was probably more of a winnable game than. I guess the Buffs played down the stretch. Well, we started that way against Oregon too. We like the yeah. Buffs had a nineteen to two lead, and USC was winning like seventeen to one. So it wasn't that like it was pretty fair. I am just annoyed that we couldn't get a road win. Yeah, because we I mean, can never win that game. Don't forget too, Utah only lost to Oregon by three on on Saturday when we played OSU. So mm-hmm. they have not looked good. Um, luckily, there's still a good resume builder but yeah they were not on top of their game at all for the past three games um it'll be interesting to see because that game against oregon put them ahead of cu and in the conference standings um so they're third cu's fourth by percentage right now but they have i think five games left in the next two weeks they're they're playing quite a bit and they do not look good so i'll be interested to see they have ucla coming up and a few other games obviously left to play if so they they're drop playing some, so you in a good spot to take advantage. Yeah, so at Stanford, at Cal, and then UCLA. So that we could be – and then Oregon State too. So that's four games for them. Four games, yeah. Um, God, the Oregon that State – killed me during I, that game. Go ahead. Real quick before we turn up, move on. The King killed me during that game. Obviously, it wasn't too much to remark offensively. I think CU fans with 56 points. Defensively, effort was there, and Oregon was missing shots to make the effort – makes makes the effort look better but there was i think five or so four or so evan batty passes that were turnovers because they were just like too hot for the hands i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know that but on the press break evan batty would just like whip passes into like mm-hmm. the corner or into the up guy and they would just like fly out of bounds because the dudes couldn't handle it. like tristan de silva had two that bobbled out of bounds dry a horn this one out of bounds i think Parkey he had a couple too, too. where like he was expecting someone to cut to the basket like yeah. wide open and they just didn't cut yeah, it's so Evan Batty was just like, I don't know, he's throwing heat when there was absolutely no reason to, and that led to some pretty <laughs> annoying, I don't know, he looked like Randy Johnson out there. Uh, Faku Campanzo, kind of like big man. <laughs> no, 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 David Wells, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, man. I like the confidence, at least, but yeah, he's a ton of talent. <laughs> I, it was just so frustrating because it was the right read and he just couldn't get there. It, like the, the pass was too fast and CU just didn't look like they were ready to catch. And I don't know, bad game. And you you wish you won a bad game on the road against a good team. Like that'd be great. But at the end of the day, I don't know, splitting the Oregon road trip's not going to kill you. It's, it's probably yeah. what was expected. Yeah, I mean, we expected it. We thought, both of us said that even if they beat Oregon, then they'd lose to Oregon State. So it, it worked out. I guess I would have rather be Oregon, yeah. whatever. Um, I mean, pretty much the same shit happened against Oregon state. We just won. Oregon state is worse right? is the, is the answer. I think. Yeah. 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 Like, is there any more analysis to it? <laughs> well, they didn't press, but we still turn the ball over a lot. Um, which is concerning. I think I, I think the main difference also is uh, Chris Duarte and to a lesser extent, Will Richardson at Oregon shut down McKinley Wright way easier than Ethan Thompson or Zach Reichel could for Oregon State. And that was the other big difference. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. McKinley Wright took over in that game. 
He had 15 points in the second half. Is that what you saw, Jack? Yeah, yeah. I think it was 15. Of Yeah, I'm looking at the stats now. 15 of his 21. Um, also, Evan Batty, too. I mean, after I think it was the Arizona game where he sprained his ankle mm-hmm. through a bit of a cold stretch, but uh, he came back on Oregon State at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. So I think that was encouraging. Um, yeah, we need him to be good here while Jabari Walker is still recovering. Um, I don't think we'll see Walker on Thursday, but maybe. I don't know. Tad's pretty like quiet about who's going to come back from injury. So. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, he's always he's always just said like, oh, it's a lower leg thing, and then that's that's pretty much it for Jabari Walker, as far as I can tell. I mean, he's I think he still was wearing the boot during this road trip, but I don't know if that was precautionary or not. I don't know. Maybe it's just for show. It could be a tad thing again. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) just to mess with Andy Enfield. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not. He does love to mess with Andy Enfield. Do you guys think anything's going to happen in that game between the two? In terms of players, no. I don't I don't think I mean when we played them last earlier this year, I don't know if it ever got too chippy. I think we've gotten chippy plays from other teams more recently than than USC. I know Arizona did not like the way that Evan Batty was moving his body. Um that first game against Oregon sucked with like the flopping and oh, the chippiness to we it. We didn't talk about the flop warning. I was so happy to see a flop warning go against uh, Eugene Amarui. It's like, I, I don't know. How could he be 6'6", 280, and fall <laughs> down every time McKinley right? Who cares? He's annoying. Okay. Also, we, we should be weary because Evan Batty flops kind of – not flops, but he goes for charges so often that, like, I'm sure people are saying the same, same okay. thing about Batty. Sam, I don't think you understand my mindset. Maybe Jack should be wary as a, a neutral arbiter uh, as part of press row. But me as a fan, I'm going to say, no, Evan Batty gets every benefit of the doubt, and I get to I get to be duplicitous like that. Yeah. <laughs> my I, I guy think- doesn't flop. He just sells contact. Their guy flops. <laughs> Batty has gotten, like, the short end of the stick, though, with a lot of foul calls, I think, during his career. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I guess it goes both ways. It's because he's too big. It's it's not even his fault. It's just super annoying how people bounce off him, and it's his it's his fault. I am happy though that he threw to Bell like Azulis to Bellis out of bounds, mm-hmm. and no foul was called. That was good. I was happy with that. What? Yeah, that one more laughing. Oregon State thing I just thought of too is the near the end of the game when we're all holding onto our butts uh, after CU couldn't get it in against the press again um, is the Evan Batty offensive foul call. That almost led to <laughs> overtime. I don't know if you saw that, Jack, near the end of the game. I missed. I missed that play. Yeah, uh, Evan Batty was yeah. breaking the press, dribbling down the court. As we all know, he's the the leader of the team. He's a point guard, <laughs> duh. And uh, this guy tries to come in for a steal, and Evan Batty extends the guard arm, and the guy just goes flying. Uh, <laughs> offensive foul, Oregon State ball, down four. He he did kind of stiff arm him though. Oh, it was a foul. I don't. I don't think it was an <laughs> offensive foul. It was just like that's if you're gonna if you're gonna extend your guard on you, make sure that guy hits the ground. I guess. Yeah. No, he had like sixty pounds on him. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man, that was a funny game. So I guess. To, yeah. To cap off my thoughts, I think CU went two and two in the last four road games in the most frustrating way possible. I don't know if you guys think the same, but. Uh, <sighs> The Stanford win was nice. 
we were writing high after that. Well, to me, it's the, the, the pace. Like, you start out so hot, killing a good Stanford team on the road. The first time they're fully healthy, first time they're in their bit gym healthy. And then you go against Oregon or a Cal team that's terrible, and you just look like you don't want to be there. You lose, which is like sky is falling, annoying. You come up close against a really good Oregon team that you haven't won at since 2012. Um, and then you survive the road trip near the end against Oregon State. The one really good performance you had in those four games started at the very beginning, and you lost the one that you couldn't lose. And the rest of it was fine. It was just super frustrating, I think, in the, the pacing. So you're still pissed about the Cal loss? I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I, I guess yeah, I, would, no, I would assume I'm, I'm that the team is still pissed about the Cal loss. Yeah. After they beat them by 20, too, at home. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Um, 39. I was 39. <laughs> 80, 89 to 60. <laughs> that was more than I thought. Anyone else have any 20, other thoughts? 29. Sorry, I can't do math. 29. Okay. <laughs> yeah, any other 20. thoughts? Any final thoughts before we move on to preview? Uh, I mean, I guess just segueing, segueing into that. Are you guys happy with the split um, with USC and UCLA? Or No. Yes. No, no, no. Oh. You want to sweep? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want I want to sweep. I don't want to lose either team. Okay. I mean, I think we all want to sweep. Yeah, yeah no shit. I'm just sweep? saying we beat USC by 10 on the road. Yes. I know they didn't have some players that they didn't have Ethan Anderson. Now, mm-hmm. And they're playing better now. I would like to see that. And not to spoil my thoughts on UCLA, but I think we are just a better team than them. And I think that we should win at home in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay. I think we're going to beat UCLA. Um, mm-hmm. And also, not to spoil my thoughts, we're going to talk about that in a second. As, as long as their current personnel stays, because Cody Riley's really hurt and Jalen Hill is still out personal reasons. So if that holds true, that gives to you a pretty nice advantage. Um, and Ken Palm rates the, it, it was crazy to me, rates the Oregon State win as the same amount of. Uh, quality as the UCLA home win would be so hmm. interesting to me that I think I think at Oregon State I expect CU to win so I would assume that at UCLA at home I expect them to win I do not expect them to beat U- USC that's just they're really good <laughs> yeah I'd agree with that after watching USC on Monday I'm like I don't know I'm not very optimistic um, yeah and Mobley's obviously been playing great I think the key is just like if batting Walton can stay out of foul trouble because mm. they get into foul trouble early, like they have been, I guess the past few games, mm-hmm. I think Evan Mobley is just gonna, you know, if you put like, I don't know, like a Tristan De Silva on him, it's, it's not going to be good. Um, <laughs> no, Evan, no, the batting thing is a, is pretty interesting because the one thing with Evan Mobley, that's like harming his like NBA profile or whatever, is that he's not that strong and that he has a very high center of gravity to where those like lower players who are heavier and thicker than him can give him a lot of problems. And that's what we saw with Evan Batty outplaying him in the first game is that just like physically Evan Batty's the antithesis or antithesis of what Mobley wants to do. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Well, yeah. So I, that was a great segue, Jack, and I'm glad that you took taking away any duties that I have to segue because <laughs> you're way better at it, but I, I think those are good thoughts. I think the thing that really helped the first time we played USC is they didn't have a point guard that could feed Evan Mobley. So mm. 
a part of the reason that I think C was so successful is they denied the, the ball often against Evan Mobley first time. And I don't think at that point Tajidi was was that comfortable. And also Ethan Anderson wasn't there. So they just forgot to get him the ball for like 10 minute stretches of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he what he took nine shots maybe the first time. I need to look it up, but it, it was seven shots. Tajidi took a ton. Right. So I think that is your your formula is make sure they can't give him the ball. And I think you're right. He oh. can't move Evan Batty around, but he can definitely shoot over Evan Batty. Um, and I don't trust Dallas Walton against Evan Mobley at all. I don't think that's a good matchup for him. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Um, oh, no, no. Evan Mobley went 5 of 14. I was looking at the wrong stat. Last okay. game. Still, CU. that's way less than he should take. In my opinion. 14 shots? Yeah. So something that is a little scary for me is how easily USC beat Oregon. Like in the first half, they were winning by like 20 and Mobley had taken two shots. That's because yeah. Tajidi was insane. I, didn't, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I was about, I, yeah. Yep, I was about to say that. Yeah, he he went like seven of 10 from three on like the first half. It was crazy. Their first nine points, I think, all came from three, I believe. All came like, from uh, Edie taking threes. He, he hit all three. Yeah. 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 Uh, is scary. It, is That's Isaiah scary. Mobley out? He didn't play against Oregon. Yeah, he is. He's hurt, but I mean, it's that's less of a big deal, I think, for them right now. Like Ethan Anderson would give us more problems than Isaiah Mobley would. Well, I'd be interested to hear Jack' thoughts on that because I, I, Ethan Anderson is the exact player in my mind that can ruin McKinley Wright on defense. I, I think he really hurts McKinley Wright's ability to, to get to the rim because he's thicker and he's just as fast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, whoever Boyle thinks is going to hurt the best the most, just throw Parquet on them, and I'm pretty confident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I love Parquet. Yeah. I mean, maybe put Parquet on Edie. I don't know. Um It'll be interesting. Well, yeah, I think offensively, like like um, Ethan Anderson is, is he's a pretty bad offensive player. Except for three, he can shoot if he gets hot. Um, hmm. I mean, <sighs> Wright's not a bad defensive player, but um, no, I just think when McKinley has the ball, Ethan Anderson is is one of the better guards in the conference at shutting him down because he's he's bigger and he's really he's a bulldog. I think he's really quick, so. He kind of looks like a bulldog too in the face. Yeah, I, it's it it yeah. It's still frustrating to me that CU was on him early and almost got him, and then USC offers like the night before signing day, and that's all it takes for an LA kid. <laughs> You're just yeah. bitter. I know. I, I am just bitter. Yeah, I mean CU does have a good amount of LA kids, so still, I mean Batty's from that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a few other guys. Um, well, historically, that's like Tap Boyle's spot. Yeah, Skia Booker, mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie from there, Xavier Johnson. Our guy, Eli Stalzer. Hell yeah. Face of the program. Yeah, it's um, – I see who has to hit L.A. hard, but it's just frustrating to me that – Yeah, <laughs> they can, USC is a good place to start, I think, yeah. since recruiting. Um, but, do, you, yeah. do, do you guys feel better about UCLA? About the, the game? Or, yeah. Yeah, so I think CU is going to lose to USC on Thursday. I was, uh, I don't know. I was hoping that USC and Oregon would tire themselves out, but USC just kind of coasted for 30 minutes, which was frustrating. Mm-hmm. I was hoping the same. Um, UCLA right now is not the same team because without Cody Riley full strength, who I still don't think he'll be full strength when we play them, and without Jalen Hill inside, they're relying on a 17-year-old named Etienne. 
who can easily be pushed around right now. Um, and they're still forcing Cody Riley to play like 25 minutes a game on a really bad ankle injury. So they're kind of relying on Jaime Jaquez to do a lot more offensive work, and which is fine, but that's he can't carry a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's hard to compare you know, this team from you know a team in early January. I mean, just so much has happened in between, especially with like COVID too. Like, I think you have to take like everything with like a grain of salt because like rosters are just like morphing so much this year. Um, uh, yeah, just injuries and people being out. But I don't know. I'm looking at the box score now from when they played in January. I guess Maddox Daniels actually led the bus with 12 points good lord see i remember he was he was hot that game <laughs> yeah he had three uh three threes maybe underrated aspect i, I counted during this last working road trip maddox daniels went over eight yeah <laughs> three. and here that ucla game great game for maddox three of eight from the field <laughs> um but that does remind me that is something i'm looking forward to i think um mm-hmm. number one home shooting is always a little bit easier and i think cu has been in a pretty extended slump i forgot where i got the stat but i think the last five games cu shot shot 12 of 60 from three sounds, um, sounds like an improvement <laughs> well we know they're better than that so i think we're gonna end up seeing a better um shooting performance in at this home stretch hopefully yeah. It's a lot on Daniels, too, and Horn has shot way more threes than I expected him to, but he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll take that. Schwartz has like, also been pretty cold. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I was about to say that. Um, Brakay made a couple, I think, against Oregon State. Um, yeah. And clutch ones against Oregon, too, to keep him in the game. Dude, I, I'm telling you guys, like, Parquet is a road warrior. He's always going to show up on, for road games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely one of the more consistent players, I think, on both ends of the ball. Even though he's not going to put up, like, 15, but, um, you know, you still know he's going to produce. Right. Uh, I think, like, McKinley, he, he like, hasn't taken any threes in the past couple games. I think I saw a stat somewhere where, like, like he only shot, like, one against Oregon State. <laughs> he did, and that was, like, that was a play that wasn't shown uh, because they thought it was a – Shot clock violation. That was a weird one. I don't know if you saw that one, Sam, where Deshaun Schwartz like shot oh, yeah. the ball at the end of the shot clock and it bounced off the rim, caromed off the rim. Everyone thought it was a shot clock violation. So McKinley Wright just picked it up and shot it because <laughs> no, everyone was going back on defense. I am very happy that the bullshit plays were going for CU because those never go for us. And then like Tristan De Silva getting an and one and just throwing some garbage up. But I think that goes to Jack's point because that was not obviously within the, the flow of the offense. Um, uh, he has not taken them. Frankly, this series not made a lot of them. He's he's shooting twenty seven percent, twenty eight percent. I don't know. I mean, if you're looking at percentages, Dallas Walton should take more threes. Schwartz should take more threes. Horn should take more threes, and Maddox Daniels should take more threes. And I guess Parquet. Parquet actually is hitting. Pretty good. Um, can I tell you guys Parquet the last seven games? Uh, yeah. He is shooting 58% on threes. Uh, <laughs> if he can actually and, be a three and D guy long term, oh. No, I think he's like, he's he shot 19 threes and he's 58%. In every game, two for three, two for three, two for three, two for four, one for two. 
It's amazing. Wow. Ugh. What? I just love him so much. And right, he's he was like one for his last. I'm looking at stats now. After the three he made at Oregon State, he hadn't made a three since Arizona. Oh really? Uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. Wow. Wait, wait, Parquet or McKinley? Right. Oh, sorry, I was talking about Parquet. Oh yeah. Okay, I was moving. To- <laughs> I, was- <laughs> uh, I it, I don't know. So I guess I I'm. Are you also expecting a vote uh, home split, Jack, out of these next two games? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not optimistic at all tomorrow, but um, we have had like USC's number the past few years. Um, mm-hmm. And also, USC is coming off a Monday game, so I don't know. Maybe they'll be a little fatigued, and it's always hard to play at altitude. So they have like a few things going for them. But um, yeah, I'm more confident that they'll get the UCLA win. Um, yeah, and they also got Oregon, uh, Arizona State the week after, which yeah. should be a win. I uh, I can hundred. <laughs> I will call a shot right now. That is going to be a loss. Hundred percent guarantee. Not on senior night. Not on senior 100%. night. hundred percent. No, no, no. Because CU, the way McKinley Wright starts his career with upsetting number four Arizona State, like really setting the tone, beating them in the Pac-12 tournament that year. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're gonna have no energy for that game. It doesn't. It's just that, that to me, that's just CU this year. It doesn't. You will. You will be in every single game except for the ones where there's a team that's much worse than you. <laughs> that's those are the only games where you won't be able to win. I think they lost on senior night last year against UCLA. UCLA right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a tough game. Yeah. UCLA um, last year. Do you? So, what are you guys gonna say? I say we're gonna go three and zero the rest of the year. Calling it. Wow. Okay, so if that happens, that's a 20-win regular season, which is insane. That is a 14-win conference season, which is insane. Yep. I don't care. That is probably the... three home games. It's probably a top two or three regular season ever. Yep. Wow. Should be better. mm. That shouldn't be that surprising. In a vacuum, they should win each of those three games. USC is the toss-up, but I think think they're going to shoot better. And they're gonna win. I think they'll go two and one. I don't know which okay. two, but they're gonna go two and one. I'm gonna go two and one also. But yeah, just to be safe. <laughs> just uh, to be safe. It's a. Okay. <laughs> I'm a neutral um, list. <laughs> I can't make hot takes. <laughs> so speaking of hot, okay, Jack, do you, Jack Carlo, do you think the women's basketball team has any shot at the NCAA tournament? I'm. Um, I think they. I think there's. There's either more or less teams in the NCAA tournament. I read the article earlier. But oh, have they changed anything? They changed the number. I forget um, if they added teams. I see a 64 team bracket on the 64 uh, on ESPN, but I don't know. So right now they're at like 49, I think, in the net. Uh, I think they only have one more game on Sunday. I yeah, mean, they're playing. They're playing Utah on the road. Okay. Utah's not very good. They're four and fifteen in conference play. Okay, but I don't know. It's still it's still a road game. I don't know. The women's basketball team never plays well on the road, except for these last couple games. Um, yeah. So so the, they've they've won their last four in a row. So they beat Cal, Washington State, and Washington all on the road, and they beat USC at home. None of those are like good wins necessarily, but it's good that they're winning, and they have a. 
like one of the best wins in the country right now with their with the win over number one Stanford at home. Yeah, I went like, to that game actually. That was like one of the coolest sports moments I've ever seen. Even hell when, yeah, it was so cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that win, I think I, th- I think they'll sneak in at least. Um, and we'll see how they play in the Pac-12 tournament too. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean. That could make a difference. Ryan Howe put a stat out that I forgot what it was. That it, they have a certain amount of conference wins. I'm trying to find out how many conference wins they have. They're eight and eight in conference. Eight and, eight. and I think the last time you said there was a, a, a every Pac-12 team in the last few years that has had a pot like a positive with conference win loss record has gone to the tournament. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. They're they're fifth in the toughest conference in women's basketball, or I think the ACC is better this year. Yeah. For 2015 to 2019, the Pac-12 had 25 teams finish above 500 in conference, and all 25 made the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's looking good, and that would be a nice thing for J.R. Payne. I love J.R. Payne. Always a great ambassador. Um, and I, this is, I believe I'm correct, Jalen Sherrod has been shut down since like halfway through conference play. Um, yeah. And she was starting point guard. So doing that without your starting point guard is pretty big. Yeah, a four-game win streak. That is impressive. Um, yeah, I think she got hurt. I think the game after Stanford, maybe something like that. Um, yeah, I think she had surgery. It was, it was a pretty large one. Yeah. Oh, she was so much fun to watch though. Like a lot of comparisons to McKinley really. Yeah. Just oh. bulldog. Like it's going to drive to the rim. Um, yeah. I'm bummed that she got hurt. She looks tough. Yeah. <laughs> Super tough. <laughs> uh, and obviously hauling shed too. Um, Yeah. And yeah. Frida Foreman coming out of nowhere. Coming uh, out of Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a maybe even like kind of like the Maddox Daniels type. Um just oh, she's so much better. Come on. Isn't she a center? Isn't she like gigantic? Am I making this up? I thought she was a center on the team. Am I making that uh, up? No. I think I'm you're wrong. making it up. I'm wrong. With her ability to shoot the three. That's all I was saying. Um no, I know, I know. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah. <laughs> She's five uh, eleven, so that's pretty big. But yeah. I think she is a she's a wing. It's what I'm seeing. Yeah, she and she just drains way. threes. Yes. Yeah. Um, she doesn't drive a whole lot, but um, yeah, she's pretty deadly from deep, though. Um, they have a lot of different ways that they can beat you. I mean, before Sherrod got hurt, you know, they had Sherrod driving. Hauling Shed's gonna hit those, you know, like mid range jumpers, and then Foreman's obviously great from three. So. I think they have one of the more balanced offenses in the Pac-12. Nice. Man, I, I think, and someone's going to have to look this up, Brian Howell. Would this be the first athletic year, which is so crazy that it happened during COVID, that the CU football, CU basketball, and CU women's basketball team all made the tournament since the mid-90s? Oh, wow. Um, or all made postseason play? What about 1997? That's what I'm That's what I'm saying. I feel like it's the first time to happen since like the Chauncey Billups, Rick Neuheisel years in the 90s. That kind of has to be it because the CU men haven't made the tournament hardly. The women definitely haven't in the past 10 years. Since still Barry retired, they've really struggled. Yeah. yeah. So, oh man, that would be crazy if that if this is the year that that happens. <laughs> yeah. So 1996, they went, they were 10 and 2 in football and they made it to the second round in 1997. Wow. And Chauncey Bills played his last game a week before I was born. Ugh. If only he had beaten North Carolina, he would have played the day I was. That'd be a weird year. Um, <laughs> uh, do we have any other final thoughts? 
I think the last thing I want to talk about, just real quick, uh, Carl Durrell retired a year ago this week. So um, we've already talked about our overarching season thoughts, but I, now that we have Jack on, do you have anything after that first year covering? Yeah. I, I think you've been at CU. Is it two years, right? You've been at CU? Yeah. I'm, I'm a junior now. So. Okay. So you've seen – is that three, three coaches? coaches? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And <laughs> Carl yeah. Durrell is so far the most successful. So I just wanted to hear quick, like, what did you think of his first year? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be happy. Um, you know, ranked there for a little bit. I mean, the expectations were, like, so low going to the year two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously Sam Neuer, uh, you know, surpassed expectations. So I think you have to be pretty confident in that. Um, you know, we got, got a lot of good young talent, uh, Brennan Rice, Brennan Lewis. Um, Wait, what, what side are you on between the Neuer and Lewis debate? Uh, Neuer is coming back, mm-hmm. right? I think I saw that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think quarterback battles are always good. Um Lewis played really well there in like the last quarter or so of the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I was happy with that. Um, You're not going to take a definitive stance? I'm going to go. I think for the future of the program, it's probably better to give Lewis the nod. Um, just because, I mean, I mean, Neuer probably has a better arm right now. But, I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot more experience than Lewis. I mean, just like one season. Um, which doesn't mean a bit, but um, okay. I'm going to go Brendan Lewis there. I'm glad because this is a very pro Brendan Lewis <laughs> website. Yeah, I'm sure you guys enjoyed the Alamo Bowl then. Um, oh, no, I did not. <laughs> well, I mean, Brendan Lewis is. Other than that, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Good one to not be able to travel to. Yeah, I, I was able to go. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's oh, nice. Yeah, there was only... Yeah, I think there's just like a couple bolder people there. But yeah, obviously not a fun outcome. But um, I mean, there were some pros, I think, especially with Brendan Lewis. Are you, are you going to go? Is the CUI going to send you to Indianapolis? Uh, the CMCI has pretty much slashed our budget. So probably not. Uh, <laughs> Unless it God bless. Self-funded. Uh, God bless the CMCI. Yeah, not not looking good right now. Well, Lord knows the state isn't blessing the CMCI, so hopefully God can. Um, <laughs> boy, well, yeah, I don't know. A year later, I nothing I expected to happen happened, but I'm glad that he came in. Uh, that's the only thought I have. So, yeah. Also, I want to add, go ahead. In, a, in a COVID year, too, he's just like the most, he's like the calmest, like just chillest demeanor guy. And I think that worked perfect in like a yeah. chaotic you know, pandemic year. Um, so I think that'll uh, go well moving forward. He's like very different than Tucker, who's, you know, rah, rah, yeah. rah, rah, outspoken. Uh, so I think that voted well with, you know, being in a pandemic and just so much going on. Um, yeah, I think the buffs needed just, you know, that constant steady force and Jarrell definitely provided that. Um, yeah, so I'm, optimistic i guess going forward yeah well thanks for coming on jack we yeah. appreciate um, it where can we find you what's your twitter handle uh, jack underscore carlo c-a-r-l-o-u-g-h <laughs>